You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. Our 2023 theme I mentioned earlier on is wind and fire. And again, that imagery is my image sparking in your soul about the unimaginable, unrestrainable, unstoppable, limitless power of the Holy Spirit at work around the world and in you. It, it, the wind and fire is, a, is that image that just spreads. It's unstop- Catch the wind. How can you do that? It's impossible. You can't catch this. The spirit is so incredibly powerful. It's moving all the time. And whereas the Holy Spirit is symbolized in Scripture as wind and fire, it's also, he's also symbolized as oil at other places, as a dove in other places. He's much greater than just the symbols of the elements of wind and fire. He's way beyond that. The Holy Spirit has all power, all authority, all glory and grandeur of God the Father and God the Son. He is powerful. The Holy Spirit might be listed. Father, Son, Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity, but it's not because he's least, but it's because he's the last to be revealed to us in Scripture in such a powerful way. He's always been part. The Holy Spirit is the very breath, the pneuma, the breath of God that tugs at us inside. Those moments of time when we feel like there's more and we just don't understand it completely. There's a tug comes in our heart. He's the one that teaches and brings truth alive to us. He is the power behind the body, the bride, and the church. We know this. We know scripture says it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. The spirit of God is working. You know, if you are around the Christian church long enough and do enough reading, listen to enough podcasts, you're going to hear about those uh, statistics and Christian prognosticators that are saying the church is dying. I, I got a kick out of that a little bit. It, it may be getting pruned, but it's not dying. And there's a big distinction between the two. For when God the Father sows a seed, he plants a tree or establishes a garden, It's going to be forever. And he is using the church. He is building his church. And I can verify the thought that it's going to be around forever. The tree of life planted in the midst of the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 2 is the same tree that you read about bearing healing fruit in the midst of the heavenly city in Revelation chapter 22. It's there for a long time. And whole... How I desire, I mean, how can I desire, but it is my desire, that you all might be grafted into the vine, that you might be spliced into the vine in order to produce beautiful fruit for God's glory. It's my desire, I don't know how that happens, or, but it is that you be grafted into this vine. And as the wind and the fire spreads, may you, the people of the Spirit, be found in this fire orchard which is growing and becoming incredible. But first, a joke. I like to pick on people, you know, and just so you know, there's no personal hard feelings, at least for my part, if I happen to use your name in a joke. So Beth and Eric, know wherever you might be sitting, it's your turn. A cop named John pulled over a lady named Beth for speeding. When he asked her for her license and registration, Beth responded saying, I forgot to ask Eric where he kept his registration before I shot him. You what? yelled the police officer. I shot him, she responded, and put him in the trunk. In minutes, backup had arrived at the scene. 
While the police officer watched uh, Beth, another opened the trunk. A man said to the police officer, there's no dead man in the trunk. Well, why would there be, she asked. Well, they said, the police officer stopped you, told us that you killed the owner and put him in the trunk. Huh, said Beth, waving her hand. I bet they told you that I was speeding, too. <laughs> that Beth, she's a sneaky one. She's always so sharp. That's what she gets when she says hello to me this morning. I just picked them out this morning. No hard feelings, Beth and Eric. <laughs> Especially Eric in the back of the trunk. That's, that's a bit risky. A fire orchard is where you find spirit-formed people, I'm going to suggest, loaded with branches full of the fruit of the Spirit. It's a walk in a beautiful orchard of trees filled with not just one type of fruit, but an abundance of spiritual fruit. When you're in the orchard, an overflowing tree filled with the fruit of love, Oh, that orchard's filled with love. Next to it's this beautiful tree filled with the fruit of joy. Amazing amount of joy. The tree of peace is pretty close behind it. And then there's the tree of patience and kindness also filled with much fruit. Followed by the incredible lush, lush and tasty fruit of the trees of goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness. I put off in the far off distance of the orchard, there's a little eaten tree full of the fruit of self-control. The rich smell of the trees is incredible along the rustling sound of the healing leaves blowing in the gentle breeze. You've entered into the fire orchard, what I'm calling a fire orchard. You see, it all began in an orchard many, many years ago. An orchard is a German word for a meadow that has been planted full of fruit trees, large meadow fields. Orchards are often features of large gardens, where they serve as aesthetically pleasing in addition to having a productive purpose. That's going to be important as we move through this little mess. Aesthetically pleasing and an important purpose. They serve a dual role. The first orchard you see is on day three of creation. When God said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, I command the earth to produce all kinds of plants, including fruit trees and grain. And that's what happened. The fruit trees, this orchard around the world was planted before man even came on the scene. Yet, as the days move by and creation keeps moving, on day six, a specific orchard is planted. On the sixth day, the day God created man, the Lord God also planted an orchard called Eden. We call it a garden, but really with all kinds of fruit trees of all kinds made up, it's, it's really an orchard. And God's very first act toward Adam, who he created on that day, was to place him in the garden. It wasn't, the very first thing wasn't giving him Eve. It was placing him in the garden. Scripture tells us that the Lord God gave Adam every tree in the orchard, in the garden, to be pleasant to the sight and good for food. He brought him into a place of both beauty, Adam, into a place of both beauty and abundance, a place of fruitfulness. First man was to be fruitful, and he was blessed. A garden orchard with rich, colorful fruit. A place teeming with songbirds and meadows of flowers and gentle rivers. I'm, I'm creating imagery, but that's in the Bible. The, the different rivers that flowed through the Garden of Eden. And Adam was given the responsibility to tend to the garden and grow the fruit for the Father 
who is a gardener. There was also a couple other trees planted in the orchard. The tree of the life was there and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They could be found in the middle of the orchard. They were also there. The garden, this specific garden, would become a special place of fellowship for both father and son, God the father and the son, and later the daughter Eve. When in the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about the garden. Often the gardener would be found there. You see, our Heavenly Father reveals himself as many things throughout Scripture, all kinds of things. He is, he is love, God is love. He is light, God is light. He's a loving Father. He, Jesus, is the first and last, the Alpha and the Omega. But the very first revelation of who God is in Scripture is that he's a gardener. John confirms this in chapter 15, verse 1, when he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. Scripture reveals that. So there's an old saying. I love these moments where you're kind of doing different things and thoughts pop in your head. The old saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I thought that's a, that's a win. The first thing our heavenly father teaches his son, the first thing he teaches his son, Adam, who was created in God's image, makes Adam a gardener, the importance of working and producing fruit. The garden was literally a place where Adam was given the opportunity, win number two, to taste and see that the Lord is good. He could taste the fruit that was created for him, and he could see it. He could taste and see that God is good. It was there. And just like any good father, Bible says, no good thing would God withhold from his son Adam, from them that walk uprightly. He's not going to withhold that. Adam was free to taste of any of the fruit in the orchard, except for one. One tree was off limits. It was in the middle. The free fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God said, this is bad. This is deadly. It's poisonous. Don't eat it. You must not eat it. Because if you disobey and eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it will be fatal. You will die. So here's the takeaway. God the Heavenly Father has always been about fruitfulness. Growing fruit is important to him. Since, since the sixth day of creation, he has desired that his offspring, now through the years and through the generations, through the millennia, that his offspring should produce fruit. It's part of our original makeup. And now, with the Holy Spirit living in you, if you've received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you too can produce beautiful and abundant fruit. And actually ought to be. For everything you need to grow and to bear much fruit as disciples is in you right now. But you must choose to be obedient to the gardener's plan. When you delight in the Lord, when you delight in the gardener, he gives you the power to fulfill his purposes and plans in your life and for you to be fruitful. That is in you when you receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Scripture tells us this. It actually is a great, Scripture is a great picture of the totality of what God wants to do in your life. He says this, those who delight in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like 
a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. It's right there, planted. And there's no question in my mind that you are to be a tree planted in what I'm calling for my imagery this month, the fire orchard. The planting of the Lord known as the body of Christ is to be an orchard producing fruit. The fire orchard is not just a standalone tree and that's, this is so important. An orchard is not a tree by itself. A tree by itself in the orchard is going to wither. But when you are part of the orchard, when you dwell among all the trees of the orchard with all the fruit, you will prosper. Not just, I'm not talking about financial prosperity. I'm talking about prospering in every area of your life, your family life, your health, your, strength, your confidence, all those things, your mental health. You can prosper. The Bible also says a tree is identified by its fruit. And that's pretty specific. If a tree is good, it will produce good fruit. If a tree is bad, it will produce bad fruit. Today, you look around, and even at the most casual glance around, you can look around and see in the world how sorrowful and joyless many people are and much of the world can be. And Scripture tells us, again, 2 Timothy, this is what the Bible says here. This is the opposite. This is what we're struggling with. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. This is what Paul writes to Timothy. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. I want to go slow so you can maybe make the connection. So men shall be lovers of their own selves, putting themselves before others. Covetous. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, fierce, despisers of that, all that is good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, lover than lovers of God. There's this world out there that's wrestling with these things and We, we, we don't want to be that. We don't want to be found in that list. These are the things that are poisonous to you, that are fatal. And Satan is working unceasingly to uproot you from your position in Christ. He will work hard to destroy it. It's hard to produce good fruit if you're around rotten fruit all the time. And good company can be corrupt by rotten character, by bad character. That's, again, the Bible. But it's never too late to turn over a new leaf. You can go through a dry and challenging season, but let me assure you, there's always a way back. There's always a way that you can return and be restored to producing good fruit. And it comes from our verse, our theme verse this month. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. You will. Bear much fruit. Abiding is the key. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Abide actually means to stay where you are. What does it mean for us? It, it does not mean 
get into the kingdom, get out of the kingdom, get into the Jesus, get out of Jesus, get into Jesus, get out of Jesus. No, you need to stay there. Abiding means stay. It's important to bearing fruit, staying there. It's going to take some time. Don't keep jumping about. You today are in Christ. That's what the communion service is all about. That's what receiving Jesus is all about. You're in him. And the Bible says, for in him we live and move and have our being in the book of Acts. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans chapter 8. I have strength to do all things in Christ, Philippians tells us. In him we have redemption through his blood, Ephesians chapter 1. And I could go on and on about the in him scriptures. There's so many in him scriptures. What am I saying? Jesus did the work for you. He did all the work. You are now in him. When you get, you are there, but you must abide. It's just like the thief on the cross that we spoke about on Good Friday. He didn't do a whole lot. It's by faith. It's by grace. It's by receiving him. He's in Christ. But you must take very good care not to be cut out. What do I mean by that? The fire orchard represents the rule of God versus the self-rule of the world. You can choose. You need to submit to him on a daily basis to continue to come back for him. Now, for a brief moment, I want to just introduce to you the fruit abiding in him will produce because it's very specific. I know that people will often read the scripture and say this is about leading others to the love of Christ. But it's so much more than just that. It, we can measure it. It includes producing the fruit of the Spirit in your life. The fruit you are to bear is actually given to us specifically. And this is how you can know if you're abiding close to Him, if you're growing in these things. Not, they're just, they, they, you get to grow them. You don't have to just, it's there, it's, it's not like, but, but being with Jesus, being in him, abiding in him, you're going to produce this fruit. Any fruit tree, you can't force it to happen. You're not going to, grape, and all of a sudden a grape appears. You can't force the fruit. But abiding in the vine, grafted in, you produce these things, and you will continue. What is it that you're to produce? But the fruit of the Spirit, the fire orchard. What kind, of, what kind of fruit is in the fire orchard among these trees? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. It's peace. These are the fruit, some of the fruit of the tree. It's patience. It's kindness. This is what you should be seeing in your lives as you continue to abide in Him. It's goodness. It's faithfulness. It's self-control. Against such things, the Bible says, there, are, there is no law. No law can stop this from happening. Nothing, the government, no, this is in you. And nothing that anybody says would be able to stop, nothing can stop this from happening and affecting you and impacting you. The, and these nine fruit of the Spirit are characteristics of God himself. You want to know what God's like? Look at the nine fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Who's part of the creation? Father, Son, Spirit. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This, these are the characteristics of God himself. And it's a good determination of how well you are growing in the things of God by looking at 
Are you producing the fruit? It's not me that's saying it. It's that's there. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. What? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control. They're going to be there. Apart from me, apart from me, you're not going to produce this fruit. That's what the you won't be producing these things. These are important moments. In his book, The Secrets of the Vine, Bruce Wilkinson says, he has left us on this planet for one compelling reason, and it has everything to do with producing fruit. Very important. So the gardener who taught his son Adam the importance of bearing fruit wants you and me to bear fruit as well. We're his offspring. He wants us to produce fruit. But your call is to bear spiritual fruit. And when you do, verse 7 of the same, it, it, some of the scriptures are so close, you go, what's, why, why is he repeating this? He says this in verse 7. The first one is verse 5, now verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We just like that last part. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Why? Well, I'm asking for this and that and whatever. And you say, why isn't God you know, giving me these things? It mustn't be true. No, it's when you abide in him. There's a component of abiding, drawing close. A, gentleman, a pastor called me very early this morning. Fortunately, I was up because he asked me, are you out of bed? And I was, so I could. It was very early. He called me and said, Jay, what are you preaching on this morning? And so I told him, he said, oh, he said, he said, take your phone out. I said, oh, okay. And he says, this phone, how many of you charge the phone overnight, your iPhone? I mean, we have to, f- I think more of you do than that, but that's fine. <laughs> he says, if you don't plug the phone in and charge it, it's going to be dead in the morning. And it's just like that. We need to plug into Jesus. Some of us aren't plugging into Jesus. We need to plug in and get charged. You need to find time away. You need to spend time. Not just, I mean, sincerely, you need to find some time. Not just to kind of add him to your life. Okay, I got to get my devotions done or whatever, so I got to check that off. No, you need to find time to be with the son of the living God. To allow him to minister and charge you up. To produce that fruit. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, I'm going to go quick here. So much. You know, you get this much information. I've got to squeeze it down to this much information in 20 minutes. It's impossible. And I, I, I'm, I have a very strict kind of format in what I try to adhere to. And I, I find myself adding by deleting a lot of stuff. But here's, here's what I'm going to talk about three fruit very quickly. The first three. We're going to talk about this over the next month. But the first three fruit in brief, in synopsis. First, what is one of the fruit that you're supposed to be growing? Love. Love. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14, for Christ's love compels us. I like the word compels us. Compels is a word meaning force. It's, it's a drive. It coerces. It subdues. Compel is a word that Towers above, it insists. Is your love compelling? Is it growing? You have to do hard things when you love. You have to have hard conversations when you love. And of course, love is so big. I mean, God is love. How can I sum up any more than that? God is love, but 
Love is revealed when you lay down your life for your friends, that kind of love. Unconditional love, agape love, when you overlook an offense. Grace applied to situations. Love is hard. Love, and I could go into statistics and love, true love is going to help with self-esteem. It's going to help with mental health issues because you're going to be loved. People aren't going to be angry all the time at you and do it. They're going to love. Love is huge. It, is your love a compelling love? Does it love like Jesus loved? Forceful, drives, never gives up, never quits, never gives in. Joy. Joy. Nehemiah 8, verse 10. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Listen, military friends, the love of the, the fruit is militant. Listen to the words. I've chosen very carefully. Love compels. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Strength and joy. Strength. Energy is found in the word strength. Power, might, stamina, intensity, fervor, all in the word joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's a characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit. That's a characteristic of the Spirit that you can grow in. Strength. I'm not just talking about being happy moments. And what do we need is the world's caving in and all the crisis. You do not have to buy in or bow down to the pressures. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Things are going to occur in your life that you are outside of your control. That's all right. You have a strength in you that God calls joy. Are you growing the joy of the Lord? You have to abide in him, though, to, to, to discover this. You need to walk with him. You need to be close to him. You need to power up your phone. You got to plug it in. Oh, man, I want to be healthy and strong, both physically and emotionally and mentally, when all the things come. But that's going to be attractive to the people. Wow, what is this? Peace. You don't know how much peace you have in your life until you lose it. Then you go, oh, where'd that peace go? Colossians 3.15. Let the... Militant, here it is again. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace. Peace can rule. There's a picture contest many years ago put out there to describe peace, what peace is. And there was all kinds of different pictures and people drew different things and painted different things. But the one that won the award was it was, a, it was a bird in the cleft of a rock and there was a storm going all around it. It was storming. And the bird just sat there very at peace. With the storms raging around us and so many, we've had three years, four years, who knows how many years to come of raging storms and challenges. But the fruit of the Spirit growing it, abiding in God, creates a peace. Not that you have to force it. It's there. You discover it, not because you tried to be at peace. Trying to be, it doesn't work that way. You can't, you can't try to make fruit grow. It's by abiding in the vine that that will be discovered. I want to be part of this fire orchard. I see our church as a little vineyard. I mean, and we're all a seed. Each one of us. I want that 
seed to grow up into a mighty oak tree. I want you to be full of the fruit of the Spirit. And when things come our way, that the kingdom of God, the church of the living God, will reflect something not of this world, but of something of the next. Something powerful. Some of you come from many different backgrounds and locations, and okay, you know what I'm talking about. There's rage out there. But inside your heart, there can be peace. And we can share it. And it will actually transform other people's lives. You will bear much fruit even in the other way when you begin to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit in your life. It's a great thing. I don't know. I want you to all be part of the fire orchard. It's my little imagery this month. Next week is Mother's Day. Boy, there's a great picture of beautiful fruit coming next week, and we'll talk about those. But let's close with a word of prayer and trust God that good things are in store for your future as you abide in Jesus. So Father, we pause right now and I give you thanks. You're working in each of our lives. You are doing things that are hard for others to understand. It's complex. You move in ways that we can't even begin to fathom. You're far above our, our ways. There's no strategy to figure out some of the things you're doing because you're so much beyond us. And, but we do trust this morning that you have a plan and a purpose for us in this moment, this day, where we're living, where we're planted. May we become that tree planted by streams of water that produces good fruit. Lord, I pray for each and every person here that there would be a, a, a new opening in their hearts to grow a little bit more in Jesus, that they would plug in brand new ways to you. I thank you, Lord. Let's all pray this prayer together. If we pray this prayer together, uh, uh, and that's for everybody, um, and you do it sincerely and genuinely, you didn't even have to put up your hand. You can, you can just pray it sincerely, and God will hear it, because he reads hearts, not just hands. But uh, let's pray this prayer together, church. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. I give you my heart today, for truly you're the son of the living God. And I ask you, to forgive me of all my sin, all transgression, every iniquity. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. 